Hello, Cubs fans, and welcome to a brand new edition of Cubs on Tap. I'm Ron Luce. We're back after a one, two, carry my one couple day hiatus here. Um, last time you heard from us was following a victory against the Cardinals on Thursday night. Um, no show Friday, no show Saturday, show today, but we're talking about three out of four against the Cardinals. Joey, I think, is having some technical issues here right now because uh, he, he's still muted. But um, I'm Ron Luce. I'm joined by the cheese man. I think you're still muted, buddy. I'm just letting you know. Okay, yeah, little little technical difficulties. It's coming. It, it, it takes a hot second for him. Uh, but like Scott says, baseball is better when the Cubs are winning. 100%. It's always better when the Cubs are winning, Joey. Always better. Do you need to leave the broadcast and come back in, buddy? <laughs> I think he might. Oh, he's there. Hey, we got him here. We got him now. Let's Wait. go. Now the music is still playing, though. Now it just stopped. Down now. Now. Your internet never got fixed then. <laughs> I don't know what it is. It's like a StreamYard slash internet slash. I don't know just, what it is. StreamYard hates you. You're just like, you're like out of delay. Me. That's wild, man. That's it wild. Computers me. But Ron. How are you doing, man? I'm doing pretty good. It's Sunday. Cubs have gotten us re-energized here this last week. Yeah, it's a good time. It's a fun time to be a Cubs fan, man. It is a fun time to be a Cubs fan. You know what else is fun, Joey? This t-shirt. I want to give a little shout-out to our friends over at Homage. 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 Well, however you say it. Everybody's got different accents in the Midwest. A little friendly confines. Uh, I like this bear because... He just looks real chilled out. It's a vibe. Just like Cubs baseball is right now, Joey. It's a vibe. Uh, Vibe. More on the homage stuff later on uh, and announcements coming soon here from Montab Sportsnet and what we're doing with the boys over there. The shirts are great, by the way. I'm, I'm This thing is so comfortable. Everybody, if you know me, you know I am the pickiest little bitch about how my T-shirts are on my body because I freak out wearing cotton T-shirts. I like literally can't wear a cotton T-shirt. It's awful. These things are incredible. I will wear these all the time. So that just goes to show. If you, if you want to know how comfortable and soft these things are, if I'm wearing it, that's when you know it's good. You know what else is good, Joey? Three out of four against the Cardinals, buddy. That's fucking cool and tough. That's real good. Cool and tough, dude. I, I'll tell you what. After that show on Thursday night that you and I did, I was like, every game felt like a playoff game this weekend. At right? least those first two, right? Once they got the three, you were like, all right, we're good. But I think we have to start with the game that felt like a playoff game here, Joey. Friday night. Cubs come from behind, down 2-0. Wisdom solo shot makes it a one-run game. They they work through a sack fly, a, a clutch Trey Mancini hit, and they get the lead. A two-out save from Advert Alzale, but not before the Cardinals make us all shit our pants. Two men on, big double play turned. And then the, the man from Palatine, Mr. Mike, talk your shit, man. With the arguably the catch of the year. And maybe all of baseball, not just in, in in the world of Chicago Cubs baseball. Dude, I don't know what your reaction was. I almost lost my voice from screaming after that catch. Uh, how do you not? <laughs> <laughs> how do you not? I was at my my dad's buddy's house watching the game with his buddy and, and my dad. And I got up off the couch, did a couple fist pumps. You know, a couple of let's go. Ah, ah, like, who, yeah, who, who knows what I said? I don't even know what I said because I was kind of just in shock. Um, yeah, I mean, that's one of the best catches you will see 
ever, just given the magnitude of the situation where the Cubs basically have to win. Um, it's a 3-2 game. That's a walk-off homer that you're saving. Mm-hmm. The, and it's not one of those, like, catches, and I think I put this on Twitter, but it's not one of those catches where you're robbing a home run, but the, the, glo- the glove is, like, at the edge of the wall, and then you hit the wall, and it, like, brings it over, and you call it, like, a home run robbery. No. This is one of those where he reached way back. Mm-hmm. Over the wall, didn't even look at the wall before he jumped. He just had his eye on on the ball the entire time when he was going back. Leaps, a fantastic catch. There needs to be a quarter pounder special in every McDonald's location in Illinois. (laughs) The Palatine Pounder, because I mean, it wasn't even. I mean, we're talking about that night alone. Just the the momentum that the Cubs had and the energy. Him coming off cold off the bench, too, man. Like, cold off the bench. The guy wasn't playing. He came in pinch hit, I think, and then stayed in the game, yep. which he does a lot against lefties. Um, wow. Like, Mike Talkman has been the most underrated player and, and like, a guy you just weren't expecting to have this season. That, that play from anyone is a fantastic play. But oh, yeah. a guy that you're not expecting to do that. He's done it twice. He robbed Albert Pujols in 2021 of a potential sure walk-off homer um, when he was with the Dodgers. But that is a a Cardinals for context. For context, when Pujols was with the Dodgers, Talkman was right. with the Giants. Just right, right. wanted to clarify for that for you because I I knew what you understood, but continue. Sorry. No, no. I'm glad that you're clarifying it because sometimes I just get so excited and I just. I hate like little bullet points, <laughs> but I don't get the, the full rundown for the listeners. So I'm glad that you did that. But um, no, man, this is it. I don't know what to, how do you, how do you explain that situation, that play? Uh, I was just in shock, just like Alec Burleson's face. Um, and so it was Chip <laughs> Carey. Fun week, man. Fun week, was, man. A fun week. It was. And I'll tell you what, like, it, you know, from the spite of that play of the Chip Carey call, I don't know if, if if you haven't listened to that, folks. It's on it's on our Cubs on Tap account. Go follow at Cubbies on Tap. Um, it, it, it's titled in our case, "The Best Thing You'll Hear All Night," and it is just the the utter disappointment in Chip Carey's voice. Like it's one thing when you can like it was so clear in his voice, you could imagine what his face looked like. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because he's, it's back, deep, and gone. <laughs> and you just hear this, like, this sigh of defeat almost within his voice. And it, and then just silence, eerie silence. And it was perfect. It was perfect. Because like you said, Joey, that catch uh, amidst the situation, obviously, what team wouldn't want to ruin the Cubs' chances more than the Cardinals right. at being relevant? It was a it, that could have been a a, a a literal turning point just in the in the in this set of games. We were on here last Sunday as a show saying they needed to take both against the White Sox and three or four against the Cardinals. It's the only way. It was the most important week of baseball coming in. If the Cards win that game, the pressure's on the Cubs to win the next two. And who knows if Jed and 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 you know, I think they were convinced because the the boys were playing well. But like that, that could have because then what happens if the Cardinals go on and win, win the rest of the weekend? Because that momentum swing into the next day, who knows? Instead, 
Yeah, instead, the the Cubs hang on. I mean, talk about a real Cubs legend right now, this guy. He says, you know, Scott says, when's the Talkman statue getting built mm-hmm. on Gallagher Way? But I think that's the cool part of this, right, Joey? Like you said, it, it came out of nowhere. He, he goes from, you know, it's a cool story because he's a Palatine guy that he's even getting a look with the Cubs, signing a minor league contract. He's a non-roster, you know, invite to spring training. Non-roster invite. And then he sticks on, he goes to AAA, busts his balls, and Belly gets hurt, and he gets his chance. And then he plays himself into a roster spot for the rest of the season. And now he's making, you know, he's made many great plays in center field defensively this season. He's come in in clutch in multiple facets of the game, whether it's pinch hit situations, whether it's him leading off games. We're going to return to that point here in just a hot second. Mike Talkman has done everything this Cubs team has asked. Going from non-roster invite to perhaps one of the most important depth players in baseball right now because of what he's done for this Cubs team that is on the brink of, again, we're on the brink of either hitting reset again after the 2023 season or giving this team a chance to go for it and maybe build something momentum for next year. And that play could arguably is going to be looked back no matter how the season ends and say that was a turning point in the season. Massive turning point. And then he did it again, Joey. Starting to phase us a little bit into, into Saturday's game here. He goes three for five from the leadoff spot. They get the big win again and essentially seal the fate that the Cubs are not selling at the deadline. What yeah. a series of events. And Mike Talkman is the focal point. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, him staying hot on Saturday. It, it, it's everything, too. It, it's like this guy is just playing good baseball all around. All around good baseball. That's what you want. And and that's, you know, from a role player, he's becoming more than just a role player because, you know, like you said, circling back around to that leadoff spot, he's been really damn good in that leadoff role. Like, yeah, he has. we've talked about it a bunch. But, yeah, I mean, I don't think Madrigal probably should have scored on that double down the line that Talkman hit. Um but they're going to test out Jordan Walker any chance he can because, wow, does he look awful in right field. He um, looks lost. I don't even know if that – I don't think he should be playing there. They should probably just trade Nolan Arenado to the Cubs and then move Walker to third base. Um, <laughs> I think that's a pretty good idea. But they won't do that, of course. Um, no, nah, man. And then Saturday, of course, too, like J-Mo was excellent. J-Mo – uh, he's been really, really good over his last, what was it? What is it now? Five starts. Um, pretty yeah. much since the beginning of July, he's been really good for the most part. And that's what we need. I believe he has an ERA under two, uh, during that time frame. So mm-hmm. it's the guy you paid for now. I, if he's going to continue to pitch like this, exactly what you need. And it brings up some more questions about, um, rotation and what you do at the deadline here, because, now that you can rely on him, how much more do you need? And what are the moves? Because I'm, I'm, I'm seeing a lot of different opinions on this, and, and one of them kind of centering around uh, Marcus Stroman, Ron. So kind of curious on your thoughts on all that. Um, and then Sunday's game, too. I mean, I know we didn't even talk about that, really, but today's game. Kind of what, what are your thoughts there with today? I mean, I, I don't know. It was just kind of it kind of felt like you're going to lose eventually type of thing to me. Yeah. You know? I think the the real, like we said, you know, Friday was that 
holy shit, they're going to do it. Saturday then, J-Mo comes out and deals. And, you know, real quick, Joey, before we, we, we fully turn on to Sunday's thoughts here, talk about a guy who has just dialed it. The I'm fired up, so it's a night of a lot of F-bombs. I apologize. In the yeah, all right, He's, all right. He Please has do. dialed the fuck in in the month of July. He looks like the $17 million a year pitcher we paid for. And that's what's exciting. That is what the most exciting part is here because Joey, in the month of June, you saw him start to kind of get it a little bit figured out at times, right? Posted a 560 ERA and five starts in the month of June. In five starts in May, for you know, example, he had a 10.9 ERA after a 450 uh, at the beginning of the season in his only three starts within April. But Joey, five starts in the month of July, three and oh. A 267 ERA, 30 and a third innings of work, only went only went five innings once since that, and that was his first start of the month. Since then, eight innings, five and two thirds, five and two thirds, six. He's only only walked eight guys in that time frame. Only struck out 24, which is okay. And four of them eight. Four of them came in the last game, too, Ron. <laughs> sure did. So I mean <laughs> He is just firing on all cylinders. And he got through six innings on just 84 pitches, which is impressive. He was efficient. If Jameson Tyone has figured it out and is anything remotely close to what the Cubs envisioned him becoming because of – remember, he wanted to sign with the Cubs because the Cubs had ways for him to improve too. I bet you he was working on that all season and it took a while. But now it looks like it's starting to click. And like you mentioned, right, a lot of people were saying at the deadline, if you're really going to go for it, maybe you need to go get a starter. Do you? Kyle Hendricks looked good on Sunday, and that's kind of where my first thought's going to go here in a second is Kyle Hendricks. Jamo looks like a $17 million pitcher. Stroh's going to bounce back. I, I truly believe that. I think Stroh's going to bounce back. He'll be fine. There's no – I'm not going anywhere at the deadline anymore. He's going to dial it the fuck in. I'll, he's starting tomorrow. I'll be there. I'll be there at, at Wrigley Field tomorrow against the Reds. Hen, you know, Hendricks looks good. Tyone looks good. Steele's an ace. Stroh looks good. Really, if you could just get Drew Smiley right, or if you think Hayden Wesneski is ready for the, truly ready for the five spot for the rest of the year, you are arguably, you, you have a, a playoff rotation of those four. If this team gets there, right? And it it's gonna be interesting, man. But I, again, just the work that Jameson Tyone has done. And Saturday, again, I, I think going back into your Sunday thoughts, Joey, I think yesterday's win, Tyone doing what he did, the offense getting five runs, that's all they needed. I think I think every Cubs fan rolled into today and was just like, if they lose, it's okay. Yeah. And it was that moment of almost just like a sigh of relief of like, they can have a bad day and we don't have to freak out. And you know what? I'm not mad about today's loss. Yeah. The bats didn't show up. It was a quick, it was a, a late game. Remember it got delayed on Saturday. They didn't start till like nine o'clock at night. So that game was more or less like a West coast game for all of us. You know, that, the, that the game doesn't end till, you know, almost midnight. You know, they were tired. They put out a different lineup, no hap. Gomes is DHing in the four spot, even though he had the best day offensively. He was two for four. But Kyle looked good. But Kyle looked good. Kyle went seven innings and only gave up three runs. 
That's a quality start. That's all you ask for these guys to do. If they could give this team quality starts, they can do enough to win ball games. And that's why I'm not even mad about today's start. Yes, the offense didn't show up. Okay, it's going to happen. It's a, it's a short turnaround. You, you get to go back home. That's got to be on the mind of get the fuck out of St. Louis because nobody wants to be there. I'm not mad about today's loss because Kyle Hendricks looked good. And that's all I care about. And that, that's my thoughts for Sunday. I feel good because, yes, they lost, but Kyle Hendricks still looked really good. And he's he's giving you Kyle length, that seven innings, that six innings. You know, he's gone eight. You know, he looks like Kyle again. He looks healthy. This is a guy that we all thought was going to age well because he doesn't throw hard. Yeah. Now he looks like he maybe is because he's fully, finally healthy. He was dealing with something clearly over the last two years, and they got him right, and he looks healthy again. I'm happy, Joey. I'm still happy. They did what we asked them to do. You get two against the Sox. You take three or four against the Cards. I'll take the last. I'll take the last one, ruining an eight-game win streak. Yeah, they just put together eight games in a row. It's yeah, incredible. Did we, think, did we think that was going to happen uh, three weeks ago, two weeks ago? No. Like no. at all? At any point in the season, did we think they'd go on an eight-game winning streak the way that they've played blind? No. And it, you know what? You know why this is kind of fun, Joey. This is like the reverse version of this is the Yang version to 2021's Ying. Kind of. Feels because like they were really decent early in 2021. They went on that nasty slide and they sold. And that was why they sold. Yeah. I think they were literally going to give them a run to try and 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 get something done. They lose 10 in a row. They're out of it. Everybody's gone. Goodbye. They kind of did the reverse. We're getting ready to tell everybody goodbye. And they go on an eight-game win streak to catapult them back into the conversation to at least soft buy on somebody and just give this team a chance down the stretch. It's kind of refreshing, Joey. I like that comparison a lot, actually, because you're right, man. That They totally were ready to buy. Like, oh, they've changed our plans. We're ready to buy. And then they went on that horrible losing streak. Horrible. Yeah, it's it's the exact opposite of that this year, and I, I'm so glad that it is the exact opposite because, Same. I mean, any t- any day of the week, any year, I'd take this over that, even though I do feel like I still will remain strong in saying a lot of that was good for where the Cubs team is now because you look at some of those guys that they dealt, love them as much as, you, as we do, Baez isn't having a great year. Bryant's always hurt. Rizzo's decreasing in value. Like, a lot there. So, not, I don't want to get it all into that again, but um, I do love the fact that we are buyers this year, Ron. Uh, <laughs> no, we're sellers. The Dinger boys are buyers. Are sellers at the trade <laughs> deadline. And maybe <laughs> trading Ron for cash considerations to the Dingers. <laughs> dingers are buyers. That's what. So for those for those for those not watching live right now, uh, our we'll call them sibling podcast here at Odd Tap Sports that covering the Cubs, the Digger Boys are in the comments here saying, "I hear that Cubs on tap are sellers at the trade deadline and maybe trading Ron for cash considerations to the Dingers. Dingers are buyers. Uh, I love it. Hey, maybe. Well, hey, listen, we're not selling Ron here, Dingers. You guys can borrow him. Like we can, you can have like a point. Pinch hitter or something, but we're not selling Ron. Um, <laughs> well, what's the return value though? Like, what are we? What are we getting in return? We need to start talking here. Like, 
<laughs> more than just cash considerations. It's got to be. More yeah, than yeah. Than I don't know what the cash consideration. Uh, too far. But, but yeah. Anyways, we were talking about the deadline this year too, and kind of how it's played into that. Um, obviously, super fun week to get back into this position. Um, I still kind of feel like the soft buy and not the over the top buy is the route to take because all that work that you did, I don't want it to mean nothing when it comes to a lot of these prospects and talking specifically about rental players. Like if you're going to buy and buy more than just a soft buy, obviously guys with control are going to cost more money anyways, but I don't know how much I'm willing to part ways with this season on, on going fully investing in like, it's not, it doesn't still to me, even though after the streak, all things aside, run differential being near the top of the league, you're really starting to get into your own here. I, I still don't want them to, to go super over the top. Now, I say that, and if they do that, I'm still going to be rooting as hard as the next person for them to win and this to, this to kind of be an ultimate type of year. Like, I want them – of course. But it's just – it kind of does scare me if we're talking. I think that Jed and, and Carter aren't going to take that route, if we're being honest. Um, to go like heavy, heavy buy, but yeah, I don't know. I, uh, there's a lot of interesting names here, Ron, that I'm I'm kind of thinking of. Um, what do you kind of specifically think is is the main target, just positionally, like or, or a couple positions that you're kind of looking for? Yeah, um, you 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 took the ball and ran with it, Joey. I love it. That's exactly where I was going to try and take our conversation here. Is to this exact right, conversation. I'm used to like you know sometimes yeah. I'll. Hold the show so then i start i know no i love it i love it i love it no i I, i'm right there with you man like it's really you you're looking for the soft buy and and uh dingers back here in the comments saying cj crone off the board uh really wanted him as a soft buy player absolutely i think that's a, a that's a type of target i think that the cubs are looking for I don't necessarily think first is their concern though anymore, unless you thought he was just going to be your DH a lot and, you know, or, or belly was going to play more outfield or something. I think it's, it's third in a, in a reliever. I think that's all it is. And that's, I think that's fine. I don't think they, like you said, they don't have to do what the angels are doing right now. Speaking of CJ Crone, they just went out and got Crone and Grichik from the, uh, the Rockies for two pretty high-level prospects, one of their prospects was like the eighth overall prospect. Mind you, the Angels' farm system is hot garbage. But they're like – they're giving up a lot of – like they are hitting – Getting worse. They are going for it knowing Shohei's gone. That's plain yeah. and simple. Like they are going for it. They went and got Giolito and Raylo from the White Sox. You know, they've, they've made a lot of moves. The Blue Jays, you know, speaking of Cardinals players, you know, coming out of this series, they go get a guy like Jordan Hicks. Now all of a sudden, I I think the Cubs do feel just a little bit of pressure, at least just to just to just to get a get one or two guys. No teams going in hard this year because I don't think any team feels fully good in like what they have outside of your big guns, your your Atlanta Braves. But their team, their the Atlanta Braves are perfect. They don't need to add anything. They're just a well built oiled machine. You know what I mean? I think a lot of teams are saying we feel confident in our in our prospect pool that's coming or just what's building so nobody's gonna go hard by except people that are desperate like the angels who need to go for it because of losing a guy like shohei otani i I really agree with you know dingers here david bednar um the the lefty also making sense too 
Aaron Bummer, supposedly they had interest in, but the White Sox have deemed him untouchable, which to me is absolutely fucking stupid, but that's so White Sox. Is yeah, I don't know what that means. Like to say. I don't know what that means either. Um, Scott says here, uh, trade for Rizzo and Josh and Josh Hader, who says no. Um, that would be wild. I don't think that's going to happen, but that would be wild. But I really, Joey, I really think that's what they're going for. I, I would not be shocked if we're back here on Tuesday night because our friends Dingers are taking the mics tomorrow. Make sure you go check them out Monday around uh, 8, 830. Uh, they always go live right here on the old YouTube. Subscribe, hit the bell button if you haven't already. It, to me, it's David Bednar and it's Chicago Cubs legend Heimer Candelario coming back to play third base. You think it's Bednar? I do think it's Bednar. I, I think Ooh. there's a good chance. Bednar, Bednar would be sick. Oh, with I, love Bednar. I love Bednar. Bednar's it. a stud. Could you imagine? Now, all of a sudden, right? Because I think the Cubs look at this bullpen and say we're one arm away. I think they do go get a lefty of some sort. Like, even if it's a low-level lefty, I think they just are dying to have a lefty, another lefty in that pen because Hughes got hurt. But that back end of the bullpen with how Fulmer's pitched, how Merriweather's pitched, Alzale is, is your closer. Just sick shit. Wait, wait, wait. I, okay, well, okay, hold on a second. I'm going to cut you off there. That brings up a good question, in my opinion. If you get Bednar. Yes. Now, I, I want to talk about return and stuff in a second. Wait, wait. I know, I, I know, where, you're, I know where you're going with this, but yes, continue. But let me explain it. Mm-hmm. Bednar has been lights out in the closer role for the Pirates. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not as much in clutch situations. Like he hasn't faced, um, you know, he they haven't been winning games over there yeah. in Pittsburgh like the Cubs have here recently. They were early in the season, though. They were early in the season. But Bednar is a guy. What's his ERA? It's it's under two. I mean, his combination of the four seam, the curveball, the splitter, uh, capable of doing the same thing that Abbott can with the five plus out saves. He just did it again the other night. I mean, I think it does bring in a good question of like, I, you don't want to mess with the mojo. And I do think that Advert could definitely be the future now, future later type of guy. But Bednar is, he's controlled through 2026. So not a cheap investment. He could also be the closer now and the closer later. And then you could talk about Advert 7 8 type of role. Like, I don't hate it either way. I don't think it's going to be a cheap investment, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, you know, I was talking about this. We were kind of talking last time. I don't know if it was on the show or if it was on the pre-show or at post-show. Doesn't matter. But in a conversation that we were having about Scott Efros, you know, that trade for Hayden Wesneski. Yeah, Efros was fantastic. Came with five years of control after that season when the when the Cubs made the deal last year to the to the Yankees. So he had five years after that. Now no one can predict the injuries. Obviously that kind of hurts his stock a little bit. But the Cubs, Wesneski was a number seven prospect uh in the Yankee system. I think baseball America might have had them number four had him as number four. Uh but pipeline had Wesneski as uh the Yankees number seven prospect. So uh, looking at Bednar, he has another three years of control after this year closing experience, all that. I'd say he's. you can kind of compare just looking, cutting down the years of what Efros was giving the Yankees before injury, obviously. Yeah. Three years, I 
feel like it's probably going to cost someone like a Jordan Wicks. Like, I, I don't know, Ron. Like, that's kind of the ballpark range I'm thinking, or someone like that. Okay, that's a pretty hefty price. Are you like no? And I, I think that's, that's great. Are you, are you saying yes? I didn't that's know about the I didn't know about the control with Bednar. So that's maybe where my I I will reel in my excitement a little bit there, because that to your point and an excellent point at that, Joey. He is going to require an investment. Now, if you're the Cubs front office, Joey, to build on your question with another question, what if the Cubs front office fully believes that this this recent just influx of pitching that they have over the last couple drafts isn't further along than what they, they think it is? Maybe are they willing to part ways? Maybe not necessarily Wicks. I'm not going to say for sure a guy like Wicks. But one of those guys, what if a DJ hers gets you, maybe DJ hers plus gets you a guy like Bednar and then you're not even touching your top five because, because you do have this huge influx of arms and a lot of college arms, Joey, mind you, the Cubs are really having fun with these college arms right now. There's guys that are probably in their minds closer to the majors. Now, again, is that right or wrong? We don't know. But nobody knows their prospects better, you would hope at least, better than your own team. If they truly believe that some of these guys brought in they're really excited about, maybe you can find a way to say, okay, we are comfortable moving on from a DJ Hers and maybe another top 30 prospect. Because, like you said, it's going to command big dollar for a guy, that a good reliever that's under control. Because you, Could you imagine, just really quick, just to hype it up a second before I reel it back down again, could you imagine Bednar coming in and this team just riding two closers down the stretch so nobody gets tired. Oh, like, it's the same group setting them it's up. The Merryweather. It's Merryweather plus you know Lighter plus Fulmer, getting you from the the six, which most of your starters have been getting you at minimum, to one of them, and then when the playoffs come around, you've both of them at your disposal on a nightly basis. That's disgusting. Maybe the Cubs see that and go, son of a bitch. The Royals were not a, you know, they won with that lockdown-ass bullpen. Is there a world where they say maybe that could work to our advantage? Because over the course of a seven-game series, if you go on a little bit of a heater, and even thinking in the future, right, because of Bednar's control, you can't touch us in a seven-game series from the bullpen because even if you get used to a guy, we got another guy that you aren't used to. That's a big deal, seeing different stuff. Like, I'm a believer that you see a guy enough in a series and they get tired because they get used so much, especially in the playoffs, you're going to get at least a little bit of an edge. Maybe it's not you light them up, but you're going to be able to get those one or two clutch hits that ultimately, when it comes down to the the beauty of playoff baseball, where all of a sudden the game goes from, it's a a marathon, not a sprint, to holy fuck, it's a sprint, let's do this. Having that, 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 that at the back of the bullpen with two guys like that, that's dangerous. Yeah. And maybe that's something that the Cubs see and say, we could do that. We can afford to get away with that because now we got the stable of pitching coming where we can start going and trading for, you know, maybe hitting pieces. And maybe they aren't spending as much money in free agency, but still targeting top guys. What the Atlanta Braves are doing. Remember when we used to say we wanted the Cubs to be the Dodgers? Now yeah. in, in now in baseball, I want to be like the Braves. 
you get these great young players and you give them decent money early enough on where over the lifetime of that contract, assuming you can make baseball better, which all numbers are at the best that they've been in quite a few years for baseball. Maybe maybe that's the model now is get more talent earlier in their career for longer. Yes, it's a little more of a gamble because you're not totally sure what they are yet. And you build that way. And you trade for guys that you identify fit with your mold because you've built up that farm so quickly with just that high level of just we can make this guy into something. Everybody try to develop in baseball, Joey, the greatest next star. I think, I mean, and maybe this is not the case, but I would think, wouldn't you as a team, we want to, we want to just bring as much talent in here. And once we figure out what you should do, we're going to make you the best possible version of that. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Guys that are, you're a reliever, but you're going to come in and be the best damn reliever you can be because we've got you for cheap. Look at that now. You and do all of that stuff. Yeah, exactly. But that that makes more of your your talent more appealing to me to that next team because they say, "Wow, this guy's really could be something." It's either going to work out in the Cubs' favor where they can use those assets to trade them off because they know they figured out and nobody else is going to figure it out, or B, you mold those guys into filling in your holes that you're naturally going to have over the course of, you know, however many years. And maybe they're not the elite level prospects, but they're still guys that contribute and, and, and give you something, Joey. So I know I went off on a little bit of a tirade there. I think it's a fascinating case study, but I, I'm really sold on a guy like Candelario because you get that third baseman who's been pretty good there, all things considered. He's actually developed into a really nice baseball player, which I think was something that, like, the Cubs in hindsight, especially after Bryant left, were like, oh, at third, he would have been really mm-hmm. nice here. Again, it is what it is. You were going for, you know, titles and things like that. And Candelario would have the third best OPS if you were on the Cubs right now. Third best, and, nine and, belly and morale. Yeah, and I, I think, wouldn't he also be like top four in home runs as well? Something like that, yeah. he's He's got some bombs. I mean, he's a switch hitter. He plays great third base defense. Um, I, I mean, obviously we know who he is because he was here before, but – um, I do like that move. I'm kind of see it's either a Candelario type, which will be costly. I'm still wondering though, and this will be costly as well. Can you somehow find the third baseman of your future at this deadline? Mm. Like not just for this year. Can you still somehow find a third base buy low or a third base prospect that you value? I kind of like what you're saying, Ron, that fits your mold, somebody that you can really work with. Uh, of the future, you know, so and maybe that's the case. Um, just a couple other names here. Cause I do have to hop off and I hate saying that, but as you know, I got to do the late night uh, reds show with yeah, those guys. Let me, all, all those guys let, me, over there. let me hold your thought. Joey, don't lose it. Let me drop a quick promo real quick for those here at Cubs on tap. When we're done with the show, I'm going to venture over and listen along. Go venture over as well. Joey's jumping on with our friends over at Late Night Reds. They have appeared on our show as well. Uh, Joey, talk to them about coming on on like Thursday night. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I'll talk to now. Them. Just inject that in there. They're awesome guys. They're so fun. They're a rival fan base, but 
they're they're good people. They're good banter. Joey's going to be over as a guest on their show because of the upcoming Cubs Red Series, which you'll probably hear just me preview then at the end of the show. I'll get my thoughts. You'll hear Joey's thoughts over at Late Night Reds. Um, so, Joey, continue. I know you have to jump over to our friends there. You have a hard deadline. Yeah, to join yeah I hate doing this. You're going to ride solo here for a second. But a uh, couple of other names here with the, with the Mets – just for like lefties, you were talking about lefties. I do think lefty is a huge hole in the bullpen mm-hmm. right now. Maybe Smiley winds up kind of being that guy, but I do like how that was a piggyback situation, how that played out last time with Wesneski and Smiley. I thought it worked really well after mm-hmm. the initial, both of them had <laughs> initial hiccups against Lars Newbar, but apparently that's just Lars Newbar. Um, the, you mean the General Mills knockoff product? Yeah, that fake Fig Newton piece of shit. Um, but <laughs> Brooks Rayleigh—he's a good ball player. Can't—he's just pesky. Um, Brooks Rayleigh from Mets, the lefty, got his start with the Cubs back in 2012. So if that—if that's a name that rings a bell, he was with the Cubs. He was drafted by the Cubs in 09. Uh, spent a long time after 2013 in the KBO, and then he came back in 2020 uh, with Houston and Cincy. So. He's had a couple of years, really good years now with Tampa Bay and then uh, this season with the Mets, ERA in the mid-twos. Statcast darling. I mean, his hard-hitting barrel rate, suppression, like he's very good at that. He, he limits hard contact. Um, some Tigers guys that might be of interest, but they do have extra years of control, so I think that the cost there um, might be pretty high, like a guy like Jason Foley who – um, he's a right-handed pitcher. He's not a lefty. But um, then Colorado has a couple names, too. Justin Lawrence, controlled till 2029. Daniel Bard, till 2025, might be a little bit cheaper there because less years of control. Brad Hand, the lefty. Um, and he might be able to, like, that might be the one that you actually go out because, and yeah. Um, and, yeah, and Mitch says it right here from Dingers. Brad Hand, Brent, Brent Suter. I like Brent Suter a lot, too former uh, Milwaukee Brewer, really Brewer, good yeah. with the Rockies this year. So um, Brad Hayes is probably the guy that they're going to wind up getting if they spend elsewhere and spend up elsewhere is kind of what I'm thinking. Out of those names I said, I can see. Um, but who the hell knows, Ron? Who the hell knows? That's why it's fun to kind of just play around with us and predict and just come up with different names because I'm just as eager to, to see what they do. Just make a move. Like, it's not yeah. us pulling the trigger, so we just kind of have to wait back and see what they do. So, yeah. but with that said, man, I'm gonna jump off. I'm gonna join. Late Sounds Red. good, buddy. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll send everybody to to you when I'm done here. <laughs> Sounds good, man. Yeah, jump in the comments over there. They're, they're great dudes over there. Tim asked me to come on this time, and um, yeah, we, we they love talking talk some shit to the Reds fans over there. You know, I mean, yeah. they're probably giving me crap. They're the they're riding time. high. They're riding high atop the division, Joey. Exactly. So we gotta we gotta we gotta bring them down a notch this series. Bring them down a notch, indeed, Joey. You go have fun, my friend. I'll hold it down over here for a few more minutes, and I'll uh, I'll see you in a little bit. All right, brother. Sounds good. Fuck the Carl's. As always, FTC, buddy. FTC, indeed. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it's just the Ron show here to finish this one out. Want to keep the discussion here quickly uh, going about. 
what they could do at the deadline. Um, Want to share some some comments that are here as well. Uh, some really interesting names. I think this is an interesting one from Dingers. Uh, Teoscar Hernandez, a get from the M's potentially, um, not having a great offensive season. They are a little bit in the hunt. The AL West is actually very fascinating. I was looking at that today. If you have five minutes, go to MLB.com. Just look at each of the divisions. The storylines are really cool of, of how they're shaping up. I think there's a lot of things the Cubs could do to make an impact. And that was something that uh, I mentioned very briefly over at ontapsportsnet.com in an article today about Bellinger not being moved at the deadline and those reports kind of officially coming out from the Cubs today, which in turn probably means Stroh stays as well. You know, there's they they need third, probably like we were talking about guy like Heimer Candelario. Is it Heimer or Hamer? I am butchering his name. I know it. I feel terrible. Candelario. And I could say his last name correctly. You got him, the lefty names, Brad hand, somebody like that. I think an Aaron bummer makes sense. I just don't understand why the Sox are so high on them. Every one of my friends that are white Sox fans that I've talked to, including the guys over at Sox on tap are like, why is bummer untouchable? It doesn't make sense. I agree. I don't think it makes sense. So the Cubs could go. They checked in on him reportedly, according to a few different, uh, reports whatever you believe them or not and how true they are they're going to do something though to improve this team and one thing i said was just general power which is why i think again bringing that comment back up the tiasca hernandez situation is kind of interesting 16 homers on the year fun fact same number as candelario both of them would be tied for second with christopher morell for home runs on this cubs team cubs are you know nobody's hitting massive home run numbers belly probably would be had he been healthy over the course of a whole season but 16, yeah, tied for second. Just Patrick Wisdom ahead of that bunch with 18 so far on the year. So I, I really think they could use power anywhere they can get it. I think with him being an outfielder, Hernandez, a guy, for example, like that would be maybe a DH on nights that you feel like you need to add a little thump in the in the lineup power-wise. You know, if you had a lineup like today, good example, right? They trot out today's lineup. You, you have uh, – Jan Gomes hitting in the four spot, for example. No Ian Happ in the lineup. You know, Belly's in, but, you know, he's playing center, so Talkman's not in the lineup. Mancini's at first. Morell was in left. Amaya's catching. Madrigal back, a guy I don't think Joey and I mentioned yet. He looks. He made a nice defensive play, had two hits in, in his return. So good to see Nick Madrigal back. You like to see uh, him come back and do that. It's really, really, really interesting where they could add power. Because then, again, you just have more options with the lineup if you want to switch things up to still have some thump in the lineup that you might lose if Belly gets a day off. If, you know, a guy potentially, I don't even know, Dansby, if he gets a day off. Anybody for that matter. And Omar here making a good point. I called him out like two weeks ago, and I still feel this way. Cubs spend a lot of money on Seah Suzuki. Still not have more home runs. Yeah, no power coming from sale. We thought we were going to see big power numbers added this year because of him beefing up in the offseason, and he just kind of looks lost. He doesn't look like a $17 million a year player right now, and it's it's it, it's really frustrating as a Cubs fan, and I, I think it's frustrating for him. It's probably frustrating for the front office that he hasn't had more success. But again, a lot of areas where the Cubs can come in and they can add Something that's going to improve this team without breaking the bank at the prospect deadline. So I don't know about you guys. I'm super excited to see what they do at the deadline. Again, the Diggers boys are live tomorrow night. They might luck out, have a trade to discuss 
on tomorrow's show if the Cubs do the pull the trigger early before Tuesday's deadline. So be sure to check them out. They'll be live over at about 8 o'clock right here on on Tap Sportsnet YouTube channel. Um, and then on Tuesday, if the Cubs do anything on Tuesday, you'll get to hear from us. So plenty of time to, to see what this Cubs team does in the next 48 hours, kind of how they assess the rest of the season going. Hey, do we, we keep it you know fairly unchanged, maybe add a little here and there? Or maybe do you add three or four pieces? I think they add two pieces. I think it's a bullpen arm, and it's potentially a third baseman like Candelario. That's probably the big buy, the sexy buy. Maybe they go ahead at a third and a fourth name. That again, not super high value. You can flip smaller pieces for them because they're they're depth inserts. That's a lot of trusting big name guys like Seiya and all that. Belly Swanson, those kind of guys carrying too. So. Super excited to see what is done there. Scott says, have to look for someone to be in the lineup every day. It's on a sprint. Everyone needs to be available every day. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you, you're going to need this team to be healthy if they're going to make that sprint down the stretch here and really make the playoffs. Because now, it, I think we saw it in last year's, last year's playoffs. I think it's completely changed the way that teams are going to look at it because of the expanded playoffs. It's not just all the the really good teams at the top every year that are going to get in and, you know, do all the damage against each other. Now you're starting to see some of these teams that they just needed a chance to get in, but they got hot at the right time. They were, they were the perfect chemistry and they go on that run. What the nationals did when they won their world series, for example, the Braves in 2021, obviously Dansby Swanson was a part of that team. Cubs legend, Jock Peterson was too. It's been done. Teams are, are coming back from, you know, maybe only being a team in the 80s in terms of wins and still making noise when it counts because you had the, the the core pieces in place and then guys stepped up at the right time to fill in where those guys couldn't. Do they, I think that's just all they do. They add that little depth and uh, they got a chance. Who knows? Who knows? I think they got a chance, but it will be interesting to see. So we, folks are going to look ahead uh, until the next time. You'll hear from us and everything in between. Uh, Cubs and Reds start a series on Monday. Uh, that will be a 7.05 start from Wrigley Field. I will be in attendance for that one. Very excited. Uh, it should be a beautiful night to be at the ballpark. Um, Cubs are trotting out Marcus Stroman. Part of the reason I was going to the game because I didn't know how the season was going to go. And that could have been his last start if Wednesday wasn't when I was also there as well. 10 and 7, 351 ERA now on the season for Stroh. Abbott, though, is a stud for the Reds. Uh, he's got a 190 ERA uh, since being called up. He has been a monster fantasy darling uh, if you were able to get him at the midseason uh, when he was called up. That'll be a good game. The Dingers boys will be able to talk a little bit about that one as they'll be live during that game. Um, I just, I hope Stroh looks normal again. I hope the Cubs get a win. Reds are at the top of the division. There's a lot on the line. Again, late night Reds. They're going to go talk about it. Go follow Joey over there. Like he said, give some shit, give some thoughts, um, have some fun with those guys. They'll be live here in just a little bit. And then on Tuesday, when you will hear from us next, and we'll give our preview thoughts then going into Wednesday, it's lively against Steel at the friendly confines. That is trade deadline night, so we'll know what this team looks like going into the rest of the 2023 season, minus call-ups or anything of that nature. No significant trades. This is the last time to really shift the team into something that it wasn't 
as a whole, you know, organization just days before. So super excited for that. And that'll be the next time we're back. And hopefully for that one, another Justin Steele shoving start will be just what the doctor ordered for this Cubs team as they look to make the playoff push again, comes back, comes on tap back with you on Tuesday. Dingers boys live tomorrow on Monday, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us on this Sunday night episode. Be sure to follow all of us here at Cubs on tap and at dingers, our sibling show, as we noted before at dinger Cubs on it's not Twitter anymore. What is the new name? I, I haven't been able to keep up with it. What is the new name for Twitter? But on Twitter and Instagram, follow us at Cubbies on Tap on the same platforms as well. I am at Loose on Tap, at Joey Knows Nothing, my co-host tonight, at Juice on Tap, at Nick underscore on Tap. You know the drill, at Teddy Freddy 270 at Bulls Guy Rob. Follow the whole gang. Bulls, Bears, Blackhawks. We've got it all. Bears on Tap starting to heat up training camp. I know we're all ready for football season. I love baseball, but I'm so ready for football season. Um, be sure to follow us all there as well. Cubs fans, send your Sox friends to our Sox friends over at Sox on Tap. They're all really sad together. So uh, go give them, go give, go, go send them together so they can be sad together. That's a bad thing on the South side. But again, the boys over at Socks on Tap do a great job covering the South Siders. OnTapSportsNet.com at OnTapSportsNet on social media, the OnTapSportsNet. Go ahead and check out what's on tap in Chicago sports. Quick departing thought fly the W player. I know we've been really bad being consistent with it. Um, but a guy I am looking forward to have a big series coming up. Got to ride the hot hand. Cody Bellinger is my pick. Super excited to see what he does. Now that he knows he's staying put, you know, and just maybe he turns on that that MVP form again and, and really kind of guides this Cubs team to something special. Who knows? I, I'm I'm going to wish for the best and just expect what's probably going to happen. But that's neither here nor there. Uh, Cody Bellinger, fly the W pick for this coming series. FTC and let's go Cubbies.